Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? Doing good, as usual. And today, you may think fiber, oh, boring. But it's actually, the more you dig into this, especially when it comes to horse nutrition, I found it fascinating, the different types of fibers, what fibers do. I mean, because fiber is one of those critical nutrients, isn't it? It is arguably the most critical nutrient, even though, funny enough, like we use the word fiber, like fiber itself is not the specific nutrient we look at in the horse, but we colloquially, we broadly use this term, horses need lots of fiber. Mm -hmm. I think today will be good to kind of dig in a little bit in terms of like, what do we actually mean when we say horses need good fiber to be healthy, support their digestive tract, all that stuff. I know. I kind of go back to my childhood and it's like, oh, when you're older, you need lots of fiber as Yes, it's like this, this has this nebulous thing with fiber and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to learn about it. But, it, you know, it, it, especially when it comes to our horses, like you said, it's one of the most important nutrients and there's a lot to it. So just to start off, I guess just where a horse is getting fiber in their diet. Hopefully the bulk of the horse's fiber is coming from their forage, whether we're talking about pasture or hay. There are some select situations where we're supplying all of that fiber through some sort of concentrate, hay pellets, whatever, because the horse can't eat long stem fiber anymore. But ultimately, the horse was designed to eat fiber. That's why it's meant to be the bulk of their diet. And that's the predominant nutrient in pasture and hay is going to be the fiber components, even though there's lots of other stuff that comes along with that as well. Now, one of the things... And, and I think sometimes people might get confused with it is, is fiber is a carbohydrate. You know, I, I read that and without knowing the background, I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense to me, but there, it is actually structural carbohydrate, right? So how does that differ? Like we've been talking a lot about non-structural carbohydrates. How is fiber a structural carbohydrate? So you think about this a couple different ways. One, your non-structural carbohydrates are predominantly with it's what's inside a plant cell, okay? Then your structural carbohydrates make up the wall of the cell, the inside. So you think about it from that perspective. If we think about those little building blocks of cell making a plant itself, the structural carbohydrates as the wall of the cells give structure to the plant. Now, in terms of thinking about this more from a composition standpoint, all of your carbohydrates are functionally made up of sugar molecules. It is how those sugar molecules are connected to each other that dictate whether they are non-structural carbohydrates versus structural carbohydrates. So when we think about our non-structural carbohydrates, the bonds, the linkages between the individual sugar compounds are very, very simple. And there are enzymes in the small intestine of the horse, just like us, that can break apart those really simple bonds. So that's going to be our sugars and our starches. They turn that all into glucose, which we've talked about so much in our last couple podcasts. The cell wall itself, hemicellulose and cellulose, are going to be you know your main fiber components. Those are also made up of linkages of sugars, but the linkages are much more complex, and it's the complexity of those linkages that give it that structural shape 
we and the horse don't have the enzymes in the small intestine to break those down. So those are broken down by the microbes that live in hind gut of the horse. So functionally, because all of this stuff is made up of sugar, it is very similar in that sense. The building block is sugar. How it is put together gives us our non-structural carbohydrates, very simple, easy to break apart. Our structural carbohydrates, much more difficult to break apart. Now, there are a couple other components to fiber. So you've pectin, which is a soluble carbohydrate. We'll talk about that a little bit more as we talk about our super fibers. And then you have what not a fiber, but it's related to fiber. It's called lignin. And that's what we call essentially our indigestible fiber. It's, it's not technically a fiber component, but what it does is it complexes with hemicellulose and cellulose and binds them up. And, and lignin is what makes something really stemmy. So if we compared a blade of grass and a tree, okay, think about which one has way more structure, the tree. That's because it has lots and lots of lignin. So your fiber components are hemicellulose and cellulose. And then we also have to measure lignin when we talk about fiber because of the way it interacts with your fiber and changes how your horse is able to digest and utilize that fiber as well. Well, and it's interesting because you did you did mention a little bit about how the microbes in the hindgut, right? That that's that's where the fiber mostly gets digested. So what I guess just to kind of recap that why is that important? What is it doing for the horse, you know, with the with these gut microbes? So we can think about this in two directions. So what the horse eats helps the microbes. The microbes help the horse. So it's this commensal relationship. And what ends up happening is you have to feed the bugs to have a healthy horse. So it's that microbial population that lives predominantly in the hindgut of the horse. There's a few, you know, trickled out throughout the GI tract, but if you don't feed those bugs, we have all of those super negative health impacts that we've talked about in other podcasts, diarrhea, colic, gassiness, discomfort, all of that comes from an upset microbial population. And you have to give those microbes nutrients. In this case, the nutrients they need come from fiber. Now, the way they help the horse is they take a nutrient, so hemicellulose and cellulose, that the horse can't break down itself and it turns it into an energy source the horse can actually use. So if we didn't have that hindgut fermentation, all of that stuff would go out the back end of the horse. So instead, the microbes break down those chains of sugars and actually convert them into what are called volatile fatty acids. Those are absorbed through the hindgut of the horse, go into circulation, and they do all sorts of jobs that support the energy levels of the horse. Everything from sending glucose to the brain to keeping it working, sending acetate to the muscle, you know, all of these things, helping them do a job, maintain their body condition. In the horse who is predominantly eating forage, think the easy keeper, those microbes can provide up to 70% of the horse's energy requirements. Now, as a horse works harder, it requires more concentrate, the overall contribution of fiber towards their energy goes down a little bit, but still a huge part of the horse's energy needs are met by fiber and they are met by fiber through the action of those microbes. So those really work together. And the main reason that we discuss things like the minimum amount of fiber in a horse's diet is because you have to keep those microbes healthy because this digestive tract was designed to process fiber. No, absolutely. I, it, it's the, the whole way they're set, they're set up, this hindgut fermenter, 
And isn't it fiber like most of where they get their energy in the diet? It, it, I don't know. I guess it depends on what you're feeding. Sure. So, you know, the the book estimates are anywhere from 30 to 70 percent of their energy is coming from that fiber. Your easy keeper, you guess, just give a ration balancer is, you know, close to 70 percent. And the ration balancer doesn't make up the other 30 percent. The other 30 percent is largely the sugars that are in the hay as well. So we have to remember fiber is a major component of hay. It does have some sugar as well, and that's meeting their energy needs, too. On the other end of the spectrum, horses are fed lots of concentrates. We'll get more energy from there. And that 30% would be much more typical of like the heavy concentrate fed race horse. Most of our horses fall in the middle. And ultimately, our goal should be to get as much of their energy from forage as possible through both quantity and quality and then fill in the gaps. I remember those days on the racetrack. They didn't eat much hay. <laughs> we'd, we'd throw up some alfalfa. I remember it in hay nets. Oh, but they've ate so much grain and, and just the mixture of everything. So, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, really what we wanted to talk here, because there's so much to talk about with fiber. And and, and I definitely know in the future we're going to have more podcasts about this topic, but different types of fiber, right? So now we have this, this, this overarching or overlooking, okay, fiber is important. You talked about the differences in, in non-structural and structural carbohydrates. Now, within the types of fiber, it, there is different types, right? That, you know, indigestible, digestible. You, you mentioned super fibers. So what, what is the difference between all of those? Sure. So starting at the worst end of that is our lignin, indigestible. And, and what I, like I said, what it does is it complexes with your potentially digestible fiber, which is your hemicellulose and your cellulose. So if you were looking at a hay analysis... We'd look at a couple different numbers. You know, the first one would be NDF, that's going to be hemicellulose, cellulose, and lignin. And then you have ADF, which is cellulose and lignin. And those are going to be our measures of digestibility and palatability. So you have your lignin, which is indigestible. There's always going to be some of that because it's a reality of what's in grass. As, you know, as it gets super stemmy and mature, there's more and more of that. And it makes your potentially digestible fiber go down. So we have that hemicellulose and cellulose. Those are broken down by the bugs to make energy. So potentially digestible fiber. And then when we talk about super fibers, you know, they're ones that'll be higher in things like pectins, which is a soluble fiber. So it's not as structural in the sense that hemicellulose and cellulose are, and it's super duper digestible. So you have this whole range of fibers. And in most ingredients. There's a combination of all of those. And whether it's an ingredient that is great for the horse is dependent on where it falls on that scale. So there'd be no such thing as completely eliminating indigestible fiber from a horse's diet. But we could certainly look for ingredients that don't take that too far. Because I think about the, the perfect example is the horse who is fed plenty of hay, doesn't do great, and has this big old pot belly we call a hay belly. Well, if it has tons of indigestible fiber, yeah, we're feeding it enough fiber, but it's so slowly breaking down the potentially digestible fiber because all that lignin has bound it up that it just sits in the hindgut of the horse. So ultimately, we're thinking about quantity and quality there. And then how the horse uses that fiber is a function of where all of those pieces are put together. No, that's a, that's a good overview, Nicole. Now, I, picking up what you're hearing, I hear quality, quantity, 
quality. Okay, so now we're, we're, we're getting into the things that really the gist of this. When you talk about like some of this indigestible fiber, I'm thinking like straw. You know, there's not much nutrients in straw for the horse. I mean, some, but quality of, of fiber. What what should owners be looking at? Because it's not just in hay and, and the forage com- component, but also in the concentrate component too, right? There's there's a big difference in some quality there. Absolutely. So the, the traditional horse diet, basically all of the fiber was coming from their hay. And then the things that we tended to add to that, your corn, oats, barley, had a very limited amount of fiber in them. Now, obviously, we've moved away from it, so we can definitely talk about quality from a hay standpoint. I think that's a little bit easier as a horse owner. You can visually see it. The test is relatively easy to read. Then we can talk about quality of fiber coming in from the concentrate as well and why we might want that fiber in our concentrate. So starting on the hay side, you know, the visual appraisal of hay can tell you a ton about the quality of fiber in that particular hay. When we're talking about a grass type hay, how soft that hay is, the lack of stemminess, that's going to be lower in that indigestible fiber. So what happens as the plant gets more mature, it lays down more lignin, which binds up your potentially digestible fiber and it gets stockier and stemmier. So your example of straw is a perfect example of something that has tons of lignin in it. That is why straw is so pokey. The, the nice visual example you can think about is if you stuffed two pillowcases, one with just deliciously soft grass hay, the other with straw. Okay. You could lay your head down on that soft one and it wouldn't poke you at all. That'd be fantastic hay. Very, very low in the indigestible fiber, whereas your one full of straw would be wildly uncomfortable because it's so high in that indigestible fiber. So we can tell a lot about hay in terms of how much indigestible fiber is just by looking, feeling, touching it. When we look at hay analysis, we do have our NDF and our ADF values that quantitatively tell us about the fiber. You'll also get a lignin number on the hay test as well. More lignin, bad thing. So again, NDF, that's your neutral detergent fiber. ADF is acid detergent fiber. And that neutral and that acid, that's just a reference to the type of solvents that are used in the actual lab analysis. So Oh my God, I spent so many hours in grad school and undergrad running these tests. But basically, you make up a solution, you wash away the other stuff, and it's telling you what's left over after you use that neutral solution and the acid solution. So NDS is your hemicellulose, your cellulose, your lignin. When we look at those numbers, lower is better. So high quality hay, generally, uh, it's going to be 40 to 50% NDS as it gets higher the quality of your hay goes down above 60 percent it's going to be your low quality hay and you know we use this number of 65 percent ndf as kind of the cutoff where a lot of times we see complete refusal of hay after it gets to that level because it's so mature the horses don't find it palatable similarly adf we've taken out the hemicellulose portion So the number itself is lower because we've taken away one of the components of fiber. So you have cellulose and lignin left. Cellulose is a little less digestible than your hemicellulose because of the complexity of the bonds between those glucose molecules. And then again, lignin is your completely indigestible portion. So 
high quality hay is going to have 30 to 35 percent ADF. And then as that number goes up, quality goes down, um, you know, above 45 percent ADF, we're going to see refusals. Ultimately, you're going to get both of those numbers on every hay test. So it's really, really straightforward to identify hay quality from a fiber perspective based on those values. Now, that's not the only thing we'd look at in a hay test. We'd be interested in moisture, protein levels, the non-structural carbohydrates in the hay. But that's how we evaluate the fiber quality of hay itself. And, you know, I people send me tons of hay tests and I'll say, you know, do the horses leave a lot of this behind? They're like, wow, how did you know you've never seen it? Specifically because we have the research to tell us that palatability drops off past that 65% NDF. And frankly, a lot of horses are backing off before that as well. So that's fairly straightforward. When it comes to concentrate, it's a little bit more challenging to just look at the tag in terms, we do list ADF and NDF. It's an FCO required nutrient that needs to be listed. It's not quite as straightforward because you have mixed components. So you can have some really poor quality fiber in there along with other ingredients that are super low in NDF and ADF, and the number might still look pretty good. So instead of getting as worried about the numbers on a feed tag, what I encourage people to look at is A, the crude fiber value. This is the only place we really use crude fiber, which is if that number goes up, there's more fiber ingredients in the mix. So think about your senior feeds. A lot of your lower NSC feeds are very high in fiber because high fiber and low NSC tend to go together. The type of ingredients that are low in sugar and starch are higher in fiber. So generally, if we're looking for a feed to have a lot of good fiber because we need to add that to the diet, we're going to look for 15% or greater crude fiber. 20 to 22% is kind of the mix you generally see. And then from there, we jump right down to the ingredient list. And what we're looking for here are good sources of fiber. Your good sources of fiber, even some of your super fibers, beet pulp, soy hulls, fantastic sources of fiber. Because not only are they low in lignin, it's also high in pectins. So that's not captured in that ADF, NDF value. But pectins are your soluble fibers, super duper digestible and kind of the horse dehydrated alfalfa meal, another great source of fiber. So when I'm looking at a tag, I look at the crude fiber value, and then I look to see what are the fiber sources used. And those are the three big ones I'm looking for. Things that might make you go, uh, would be the use of collective terms like old sausage or fiber sources. Well, if you're proud of the fiber source, you'd probably tell me what it was. And the ones you're not proud of are ones that even though they'll increase the crude fiber value on the tag are really high in those indigestible components. They are rice holes, oat holes, peanut holes. So those are all ingredients you'd want to avoid because, yeah, they provide fiber, but they provide fiber that the bugs can't break down. Therefore, they don't feed the bugs. They don't feed digestive health. They end up going out the back end of a horse. That's a very good explanation. And I'm I'm like, you know, taking mental notes on it all. And, you know, now I want to go out and look at some feed tags. I'm like, it's excited. I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to my, my tax store and start looking at some feed tags and see if I can find some of these collective terms and be like, Ooh, okay. Maybe you're not the best feed for my horse. Now, just briefly, cause we're running out of time, uh, super fibers, you know, you mentioned them, but the, but the beet pulps, the soy holes. So 
the the dehydrated alfalfa meal. Those are great sources, and you see them in in some of these fiber products, right? Absolutely. So beet pulp and soy hulls are the two that you tend to see tagged with this like super fiber label. I'll say that's not like a definitive label, right? That that's more of like a fun term, but it is applicable. And the reason we think of them as super fibers is that they're wildly digestible. So the bugs really, really like them. They can break them down really easily. And as a result, they provide a lot of energy to the horse. So two things happening there. One, we're supporting hindgut health by feeding those bugs the nutrients they want. They want fiber they can break down. Two, we're providing energy to the horse. And Oftentimes, we're relying on these ingredients because the horses need additional energy to maintain their body condition to do their job. And we know we don't want to give that energy from traditional sources, corn, oats, barley, super high sugar ingredient. So they call these super fibers because not only are they very digestible, but relative to what you would think for hay, for example, they're going to provide more calories. So from that perspective, they're great for the bugs. They provide a lot of energy value to the horse. They're not going to provide as much energy value as corn with barley, okay? Because sugar's just straight energy, literally. And they're not going to provide as much energy as fat, but they support the digestive tract. So in a lot of your modern feeds, whether we're talking about the senior horse who's not eating hay anymore or the performance horse who needs additional energy in their diet and we don't want to do it through super high sugar and starch. Relying on this balance of fat and the super fibers is a fabulous way to meet those horses' needs while, you know, keeping performance level, avoiding exacerbating any metabolic type disorders that horses have. So from that perspective, this type of highly digestible fiber, it, it does such a nice job of rounding out the horse's diet. That's, that's a great, Nicole. And I actually had more questions I wanted to talk about. So I think we're going to revisit this topic. It, it is so important, right? Like you even talked about in the beginning. It's one of the most important nutrients for horses. And we say, oh, just feed them lots of fiber. But really, when you start to dig and look into it, it is way more complex. Like you said, many, many hours, thousands of hours in the lab as a graduate student. Been there, done that. So just any final tips when it comes to feeding fiber? Yeah, ultimately, our goal is to rely on our hay to be a great fiber source. The reality is sometimes that's not going to provide as much of the quality of fiber we're really looking for. So being open to the idea of these high fiber feeds for horses of any stage of life. Traditionally, we called them senior feeds. I put horses of lots of ages on senior sport because their hay quality isn't great. So I think there's a lot more tools in our toolbox now than we had previously to really help support digestive health through this fiber component and looking at that combination of what can we provide through our hay and absolutely do the best possible job you can there. But you have more tools to kind of support your horse through a lot of your modern concentrates than we ever did before. And I think that's something worth taking advantage of. It is. It, it, I mean, doing this podcast for the last two, three years, it's like, it is so much more complex now that what you have to do as a, as a nutritionist, like my head swims sometimes. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing where we've gone in the last couple of decades in equine nutrition. So again, I hope our listeners find this information useful. Just some quick reminders. If you know, you, we do provide free consultation if you're wondering about feeding your horse. So if you are concerned about the sources of fiber in your diet, uh, you can go to tribute equine or in the show notes, there's always a link at the bottom. 
click on there, get a free consultation and free advice from equine nutritionists. And then also please follow us on social media, Tribute Equine Nutrition. You can find it on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Thanks, Nicole. Fascinating talk. I, I'm actually, you know, excited to, to learn more about this topic and, you know, we'll, we'll present it again in a future podcast, I'm sure. But, but thank you so much. Thanks so much, Chris.